Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Today on our podcast, we're going to be talking about a sticky issue in the life of new believers as people are coming to faith and beginning to believe. What do you do if you know that they are living with their boyfriend or girlfriend, or you're aware of an addiction problem in their life? Maybe it's pornography. Maybe you you probably wouldn't know about pornography per se, but what if it's um, an addiction to alcohol or drugs, or you know that they are struggling with something and they haven't yet turned from that? How do you address those issues in grace and truth? We're gonna talk about that. And also, should you baptize them? if they haven't yet come into a place of freedom. So this is an important topic as we disciple new believers and we will jump into it in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls, and even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. Okay, so uh, just to say that this is real, right? I'm uh, discipling a new believer right now who I don't know for sure. He just received Jesus. Um, He's just beginning to walk with Jesus, but I'm pretty sure he's living with his girlfriend, right? And I'm just, you know, starting to get to know I've met her and I know them, but I don't know them real well. And I haven't really asked that question yet. Um, I was in a discovery group um, back in the U.S. during COVID time, and there was it was actually one from our church, and we were we were uh, discovering from the Bible, but also it was also a book club, and there was a couple that were attending that, and again, I I was pretty sure that they were either living together or that um, there was uh, sexual immorality, you know, going on between them and that they hadn't recognized that yet as something that needed to change in their lives. Um, Is this something you guys have faced, right? I know that that is the case in uh, many nominal Christians' lives um, across the globe. And so how do we address this in a way that is effective? When do we address this? Um, These are really, really difficult and important questions. So I wanted to take some time to talk about it. And then also together with that, 
would you baptize someone who uh, hasn't yet repented in this area of their life or in areas of addiction? Um, well, one of the things in disciple-making movements that we believe and that we practice is immediate baptism, that there shouldn't be a big gap, right, between when someone prays a sinner's prayer um, and when they are baptized, right? We, we believe in immediate baptism, that baptism is actually a part of taking that step to say, I am going to become a follower of Jesus. Right. Because intellectual assent is not enough. Right. Jesus didn't call us to get a whole bunch of people to intellectually um, assent or agree that he is the Messiah. Right. We want people to commit their lives to following him as their Lord, as their savior. And um, repent and believe is one of the first commands of Jesus that we do talk about. But repentance in one person's life is different from in another person's life. And um, there there does need to be repentance. OK, I want to be clear about that. That's very clear in scripture. Um, when uh, Peter answered uh, in Acts chapter two, what must I do to be saved? Uh, he answered the person of the crowd. He said, repent, believe and be baptized. Um, Acts 2.38 to 39, repent and believe, right? Repent and be baptized. So repentance is important. But what repentance means for you and what repentance means for me today is different, right? Because what I'm struggling with in my life and what you're struggling with and what uh, what the Holy Spirit is convicting me about that I need to repent of, uh, what the Holy Spirit is convicting you about is different, right? And that's the same with those that we are leading to faith, right? What they are uh, understanding to be the area they need to repent in, um, it may be different uh, from one person to another. So repentance must be there. Um, but not everyone's repentance is the same. For one person, uh, they know that they need to repent um, and turn away from uh, an area of sin in their life. It may be an addiction. It may be uh, something that they're struggling with. They, they lie to their parents regularly, right? And they know that's wrong. And for them, repentance is, is turning away from a habit of lying to uh, their employers, for someone else, it may be the their life of sin and immorality. For someone else, it may be idolatry. Uh, for someone else, it may be something different. What is important is what I'm trying to say. What is important is that they they do repent and they ask for forgiveness. Um, and they make a decision, a choice that they are going to turn from disobedience to God. And they're going to turn towards obeying his commands right? And repentance is a change of direction. They're going to shift their allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going to uh, turn away from the thing, their old life, and turn towards obedience to him and making him the Lord and Savior. And they're going to ask forgiveness for the things they've done that they know are sin, you know, and uh, they're going to turn to him. But I just want to say that there, you know, it is also repentance is also a process in someone's life. And so uh, we don't need to force the Holy Spirit's conviction upon people. We want to allow the Holy Spirit 
to work in these new believers' lives um, in his own way, as he will. And many times it it is natural as people grow in their relationship with Christ, they get to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit will begin to speak to them. The Holy Spirit will begin to show them areas where they need to change. And they will naturally turn away from those things. The Holy Spirit will begin to show them areas where uh, they need to um, stop doing certain things and, and start doing other things. Um, I just wanted to tell you a couple quick stories that I was talking with one of my mentors, uh, Bill Smith, about this the other day. And uh, Bill told me a story from Japan. And he said, in Japan, there were two different groups of people who were coming to faith. Some of them were American military uh, people who were stationed in Japan, and some of them were Japanese and in in among the japanese to be to be someone who to smoke cigarettes by the church was considered sin okay now uh, there's no scripture that talks about smoking right so but by the church there it was considered really sinful to smoke cigarettes right and um for the the people on the military base uh, they mostly came from the southern part of the United States, and they had grown up in a culture that said that to to get drunk and to drink alcohol was a big sin, right? And so for the Japanese who were coming to faith, one of the things that they were feeling was really important before someone was to be baptized was that they would stop smoking. But for those who were on the American military base and were coming to faith, they felt like, a really important sin to lead before being baptized was that they should stop drinking. Okay. But uh, the Japanese, they, as a part of their culture, they regularly drank sake, you know, this uh, alcohol, and they didn't think that was wrong at all. There was no conviction of the Holy Spirit in their lives over that. But, and for the military based people, many of them smoked and they didn't see that as wrong. Um, so, what I'm trying to say is we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in people's lives. And um, what we do is we introduce people to Jesus and we connect them to his word and we let the word of God do the work of conviction in their lives. Right. And you really want those things to be internal rather than external legalism or impositions that we place upon people. Um, you do want to see that they are taking steps of repentance in the areas where the Holy Spirit's working. And you want to see that that's happening. Um, you know, I wouldn't call them a, a disciple if they haven't repented of something in their life that the Holy Spirit was showing them they need to turn from and that they need to turn towards Christ. But we don't need to say that it's this, this, and this, that we won't baptize people unless they've stopped this, stop that, stop that. Right. What we want to do is say those who are accepting Christ, who are taking steps to become his disciples, they are obeying Christ and whatever they are learning about him to the best of their ability, they're putting into practice. They're obeying what his word says. And you see those signs of obedience. You see those signs of repentance in their life. Another thing I wanted to mention as we talk about this issue is the area of addictions. And again, going back to the issue of baptism as it relates to 
repentance and change in people's lives in areas where they suffer under addictions, be it drug addiction, alcohol addiction, pornographic addiction, uh, sexual addictions, whatever it might be. Okay. Now there's a difference between repentance and walking in freedom, right? There's a difference. And um, if somebody knows that something is wrong and most addicts see what they do as wrong. Yeah. They, they know it's wrong already. They want to be free from it. If they are taking steps forward to say, I want help. I need help. I need help in this area. Then I would go ahead and baptize those people. Why? Even if they're not free, even if they still are slipping sometimes, the reason for that is this, because baptism is much more a sign of commitment. And this is what my mentor told me as well not long ago. You know, it's more a sign of commitment than it is a sign of perfection, right? I thought that was so good. And I want to repeat that for you. Baptism is more a sign of commitment than it is of perfection, right? Um, it's not that we have to get completely cleaned up and set free of everything in our lives before we can become baptized. But it's a sign that I am making a commitment to follow Jesus. That doesn't mean I'm doing it perfectly. That doesn't mean I'm doing it well even. But I am making a commitment. I want to follow Jesus. I want him to be Lord. And as they join the community of faith, you know, as they become part of the family of God and you enable them to obey Jesus' command to be baptized and to baptize others, right? When they are obedient to Christ's command, taking that step of faith, joining that community of that supportive community is part of helping them to become free right? We all need help. We need people who are praying with and for us, who we can be real and honest and vulnerable about the challenges that we have in our life, right? And as we are sharing those challenges in a safe place, those friends are praying for and with us to help us become free, whether it's because we, we beat our our wife or our husband, you know, I think there's more men that beat their wives than wives that beat their husbands, but I've heard of it. Whether that is the challenge or whether they're trying to get free from a nicotine addiction, they're smoking, whether they're trying to get free from obesity and addiction to foods um, and sugar, whatever it is that they are struggling with, you want to come alongside as a loving community where they are safe to say, I messed up again yesterday. Would you pray for me? You want them to be safe, not to feel condemned if they're going to say that and say, you blew it again. Why did we even baptize you? You know, you should, you know, you should repent from those things and be more holy. No, 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 no. We want to create a safe environment. The church is to be a community of believers who are struggling together to the best of our ability, crying out to God, help us, Lord Jesus, to represent you well on earth. Change us, oh God. Transform us by your power and by your Holy Spirit. But that transformation, that sanctification happens in the context of community, and we need each other. Jesus already paid for the sins that we have done in the past, the ones that we're going to do in the future. The price has already been paid. We are free, but we need the community of faith to help us walk towards that freedom. I need that. 
and you need it, right? And those new believers need that. So don't hold them out and say, no baptism until you clean up your act. No, if they have begun to repent in certain areas and they have turned their life and said, I am turning towards Jesus and they're asking to be baptized because they want to obey him in that way, you know, as you share about what baptism is, they're saying, yes, I want to do that. When can I do that? Don't hinder them from taking that step of faith. When we have a sin in our life that is not an area of addiction, right? Addictions are a little different category. But when there is willful sin, you know it's wrong. Everybody around you knows it's wrong. <laughs> and you willfully choose to disregard what the Bible says. You willfully choose, you know, that I I don't care if this is wrong. I am going to keep on doing it, right? And you are choosing to disobey Christ. You're disobeying the, 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 um, the wisdom of his word and of the community. Then what do we do with that kind of person? Then there does need to be some sort of discipline um, that is taken in disciplinary action. And that's when... Um, you know, Paul talks about treat them as if they were an unbeliever. We are not saying we should tolerate sin. We're not saying we should accept sinfulness as a norm in the church. But we are saying we address the, you know, we address things and issues with grace and truth in relationship, in love. And we allow the Holy Spirit to be the one who convicts, right? Um, and especially with new believers, please don't, you know, uh, Think that you've got to go through the laundry list, you know, of all these things that you need to clean this up, clean this up, stop doing this, stop doing that, um, you know, before you can be considered a real member of the church or a member of this group. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com blog on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember... God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.